Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast with the Switch to Manual Dudes. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. And we're dudes now. We're no longer guys, we're dudes. I've always loved that term. Dudes? And then you got the big Lebowski. The the dude. dude. The dude, yeah. And dude ranches where there are only dudes. We have no dude ranches in Brooklyn. Yeah. Although I wouldn't be surprised if some hipster is going to decide to have a dude ranch in Brooklyn at some point. But and what is what's the female <laughs> version of dudes? Is there dudette? Is it? Yeah, man. Really? Dudette? Yeah. A dudette? Uh, I use it that way. It <laughs> sounds so crazy. A dudette. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's a thing. All right. Well, someone email us and tell us what. But I mean, if it's if it's not dudette, let us know. I'm really curious, but we're not going to be the switch to manual dudes all the time. We're usually the switch to manual guys. So yeah, we know the female of guys is gals, but uh, anyway, I thought we'd try dudes today because we're a couple of dudes. So anyway, we're at episode 26. So we've passed our first milestone, which is 25. Uh, thanks for some of the congratulations. Allison Sheridan of uh, podfeet.com send us a nice congratulatory note. On our 25th anniversary, 25th, sorry, 25th uh, episode. So I was really excited to see that. So thank you guys for hanging in there for so long with us. Yeah, 9,000 listens. So now we're setting our sights on 10,000. So yeah, we're becoming a real fire. Yeah. So thanks, thanks everybody. We really, really appreciate you guys listening to us. And hopefully you're learning a lot and, uh, we're having a lot of fun time with you guys, so thank you. So, anyway, but on our 26th episode, we talk about we thought we talk about uh, getting the passion back in our photography, and I guess what we're talking about is sometimes we lose that I don't know what is it that drive or something. You said before, Tom, that the camera gets a little dusty. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine most. Folks listening have had times where, you know, life life gets in the way, you get busy, get distracted by various things. And, uh, you know, as much as you love photography, you're just not getting out and shooting. And, and I, I think, too, there's the more subtle aspect of just with any creative activity. Sometimes you feel inspired and other times you don't. You know, sometimes you need a muse of some kind, some event, activity, person, something that just sort of reignites the passion. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what we're going to be chatting about today. Are you, are you talking about finding that from the outside to, to help you inside? Or, you know, you said find the muse. Like, how do you, how do you find that? Like, how is, this, how is this thing from the outside world going to help you on the inside? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a fascinating question, you know, whether it's comes from without or from within. I mean, I, I sort of am a deep believer in, uh, everything being connected and what's happening in the outside world, having some correspondence within. So, you know, we, we sort of go down a deep yeah. philosophical slope there, but, but I, yeah, I think sometimes, uh, you know, I mean, I have noticed like someone will come into my life and maybe I'm, I'm writing poetry or I'm, I'm all of a sudden taking pictures 
and I realized, wow, you know, my, I, I have found a muse and, you know, I, I think there's a reason for that mythological notion because that is the way we work. You know, our creativity can be inspired by people, by events and, and yeah, I think there's an interplay between what's going on in the outer world and what's, what's going on within us. I guess part of what's happening when we reignite the passion is, you know, our, we're, we're coming alive within our creative process, but it's enfolding what's going on outside in the outside world. And there's a, a meaningful interaction there. I mean, like when Picasso painted Guernica, you know, after the attack of that Spanish town. And when he heard about it, he just, he was so overwhelmed with grief and, and horror that he just had this burst of creativity and, and created a masterpiece. Should we all not have to go through seeing that kind of situation to get us sparked into reigniting the creativity? That, that's, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's just something beautiful, you know? I mean, sometimes it's just getting outside of the four walls that you're trapped in, you know, whatever your environment is, your office, your workspace, your home. Sometimes, you know, we, for, we forget. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had to pass through um, Times Square for whatever reason. And, and I just think, man, if I am ever lacking for photographic <laughs> material, I just got to remember Times Square is always there, you know? <laughs> I mean, there are these places, Coney Island, you just just get, I mean, I, of course, I'm talking for the, the New Yorkers, but... Well, you are talking um, about the places... Wherever you are, I think. Right. There, there's always that place that you could go and, you know, say, sit at the proverbial coffee shop and watch people go by or watch life happening and pick up the camera wherever you are and, uh, and start taking pictures yeah, again. Yeah. Just get out. Yeah. 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 Get you know, out of the house. You know, you say the muse and the first thing I'm thinking about is this book, uh, which I'd like to recommend called the war of art by uh, a writer named Stephen Pressfield. And he's the guy who wrote the book, um, the screenplay for the legend of bagger Vance. And he's generally known for his fiction books about the ancient world. He wrote something about the battle of Thermopylae and Alexander the great. And so he wrote this book called the war of art. And basically it's his struggle with trying to get up every day and write something. And mm-hmm. it, it not only applies to writers, it applies to everybody who is in the creative field, who struggles to get up every day and try to do something that gets you through the day creatively. And I highly recommend this book for, even if you're not in a slump, it, if anything, mm-hmm. will get you even further charged. And he writes it in such a way, he talks about the muse a lot, finding the finding her or him the outside muse that comes and and touches you and then the fact that resistance is also a like a creature that needs to be dealt with and fought uh resistance has a has it out for you so anyway that's sort of my you know book recommendation for for this episode i remember you telling me about that book and i can't believe i haven't got it i I really have to order that right away go Go ahead sorry no, I was just going to say, just reminds me that that's another great way to reignite the passion is either reading about creativity and or the, the read about the life of a photographer you admire. You know, whenever I dip into a book of Walker, about Walker Evans, I'm, it just fires me up, you know? 
Yeah, and it doesn't also have to be about photographers either. You know, I mean, this book by right. Pressfield yeah, is a writer. Artist. Yeah, it can be really exciting to do that, and you can uh-huh. just sort of find your own part of it and and take away that part that re- refers to what you're going through at the time. But uh, you know, to go back into my experience of reigniting the passion, I mean, maybe we've talked about this before, but I think it's valid now. Is uh, having spent so much time doing commercial photography and doing it for money. You know, it was how I make my living. And even though I love taking pictures and having people pay me for it, I mean, what greater job is that? You know, someone paying you to do what you love. You know, at a certain point, it becomes a job. Yeah. And it becomes drudgery. And that's kind of being an extreme way to say it, but it can become drudgery. And when that becomes that, it loses its passion. And then, you know, the way my business is going, the commercial part of it is taking a dive. And so, you know, I'm not necessarily making my money from the pictures I'm creating, but now I'm creating pictures that I want to create. And so I don't really think about making money from it. Yeah, but it seems like it has totally um, reignited your passion. I mean, it seems like, you know, you've been producing a ton of great images. Well, and there's a lot of factors involved in that. I mean, first of all, it's thinking, well, I don't want to really do this for a living. So, I'm, you know, now I'm doing video. I'm working at a television station on a you know more regular basis uh but i carry my camera to work all the time with me now but you know it sort of stemmed from me getting an iphone and realizing it's such a great way to take pictures of people and they don't really know i'm taking pictures of them and then you know that starts to spark something i'm like wait a minute you know i want to take a little bit better pictures and so you know i decided to buy get get involved with the fuji mirrorless cameras and i realized that those are great little cameras to carry around and they take really good pictures and suddenly all these little pieces are coming together. You know, I moved to a neighborhood where, you know, taking pictures of people is a really interesting thing to do because I've got such interesting looking people here. And I mean that with all due respect, the people here in our neighborhood are really wonderful to look at. You know, I would love to set up a cafe table and just sit, you know, on Ocean Parkway and watch people go by all the time. I could do that. And so all these little pieces come together to say, wow, you know, this is something I haven't done before, but now I've got this passion for doing this street photography. But there are occasions, even while I'm doing this, that I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to take a picture of a person today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you can get burned out on on anything, but it's a great point that you're making, I think, that several steps um, led into you making this discovery of, you know, discovering this new world uh, that has totally fired you up. In part, it was the technical piece of going from your big DSLR to the iPhone to the mirrorless Fuji, and then all of a sudden realizing, wow, this is so easy to just bring with me on my commute, and wow, and then, then you started to notice your commute more and the people, and suddenly you're shooting and producing images in a new way. Yeah, and also the part of being able to show it to people, show the pictures to people and getting responses and feedback, you know, all that Uh, serves to pump me up, pump you up, (laughs) So to pump me up in in a way that I was never expecting. Yeah, Arnold, it pumped you up. You know, (laughs) the way I was doing commercial work, it was very, actually, it was very removed. You know, I would... And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to us who've done this, who submit their pictures to the, you know, the stock agencies, and there's so many of them out there now. And then you get a check at the end of the month, and you really don't know what happened to your pictures. 
And lately I've been getting responses from people saying, I really like your shot. And someone said, I'd like to buy that picture. Are you selling it? And, you know, and to have that, you know, one-on-one with somebody that really helps to spark, like, I want to do more of this and, and not, it's not anonymous anymore. It's people are somehow attracted to my work and are responding to it in a one-on-one way. That's just happenstance, you know, but it helps to spark more of my interest in doing this stuff. Yeah. Well, no, I think you're making an important point. I think photography can be a a lonely enterprise. Uh, I mean, it can be so personal and you can just grab your camera and go out and shoot on your own, especially when you're losing touch with your creative energies or experiencing a lull, then it's um, one way to reignite is to connect with other people in ways that are going to then reignite that passion. So like you're saying, you know, showing people, I mean, social, even social media, you know, people might get out of the habit of, oh, I, yeah, I'm not going to post that picture. I really like it, but for whatever reason, I'm not going to, I don't have time and just take the time, put it up there, put it on Flickr, put it on Facebook, Instagram, you know, however you share your images and then be taking part of that creative community. And then when somebody says, wow, I really love that image, then that feels good. And that inspires you to do more. And one of the things we were going to mention too, was just the idea of, uh, and this is not just pure self-promotion, but <laughs> to go on a photo walk with, with other people or, or take a class. I, I think that that's a great way to refocus your energies is, is just to say, you know, I'd really like to learn more about, post-production or lighting or whatever it is. And then you're around a bunch of other photographers. And another thing, Antonio, you might want to say a word about this. We were going to talk about just the fun of going out and shooting with a buddy, you know, which you and I do occasionally. And we had a great experience shooting with Gene a while back that you were going to mention. Yeah, we, we went to Marine Park in Brooklyn, which is, you know, a little bit of a wildlife sanctuary, I suppose. And there's a lot of wild birds, um, some birds of prey. We saw some osprey and we saw some herons. Uh, we went on a really hot day, as I recall. Uh, it was really, yeah, it was, but it was a great because it was just you, me and Jean. And we went out there and we were just total photo geeks. So, you know, like a mini photo walk and, you know, we, in a sense, we all support each other. So we all sort of figured out where to go and made a decision and we went out and we got such different pictures uh, that day, it was really interesting to when you go on a walk with other people and you go to the same place and how we how we see things so differently. And you know, you're yeah. with we're with other people. We, we just like jump in and say this, is Gene. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just saying for point of clarification that this is Gene Mealy, who we interviewed recently in the other podcast. Yeah, Gene Mealy. We also that day went to Floyd Bennett Field. It was actually a Tuesday. Now that I recall, we had a we had a free Tuesday. And Floyd Bennett Field is a leftover World War II airstrip in, um, well, I think it's o- earlier than World War II, but World War II had a lot of activity. It's in Brooklyn, and it has, an, you know, besides the airfields, there is an old-time uh, plane restoration project going on there. And so we drove out to this hangar, and we met a bunch of, veterans there who were more than willing to give us tours of the uh, airplanes and we got to climb into all this old gear 
these old, you know, Navy planes and stuff like that. And we had such a grand time. And I don't necessarily think I would have done that in the same way by myself. I think there's a little bit of courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun doing it, doing it together. Yeah, and I think, you know, you gain some courage with other people. So whereas if I went down, out there by myself, I might not have just gone up to the veterans and asked them stuff. But the fact that we came together and we looked like we were, you know, in some way tourists or something because we had our cameras around there, but we were really engaged with the, the guys there. I think some of that came from the fact that we were together. So there is, you know, let's say strength in numbers, but, you know, you might pick up your bravery to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do by yourself when you're going out with a group of people. And Yeah, like, like I was taking that airplane out. That was crazy. Which one? <laughs> what? Oh. oh. <laughs> that one we took for a little flight. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we... And we and dove bomb the uh, the hangar. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like the fact that you think you know how to fix an airplane engine. And oh I'm, yeah, I'm posting yeah, that. Yeah. I'm posting that picture. Sorry. <laughs> that was so fun. Yeah, I am like the most non mechanical person in the world, and I have a friend who's a pilot. So I was like, here, take a picture of me looking yeah. as if I'm working on this engine. That was yeah. Scary. But that that whole experience is. I mean, the fact that we're remembering it now, and I really enjoyed the pictures. You know, when we went out for. A, a lunch afterwards and you know we did some other exploring which was interesting not getting bitten by mosquitoes and stuff like that it 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 was an experience worth having and you know i got home and i processed those pictures i had to post process them because a lot of them i wanted to turn to black and white and i i didn't i don't think i had my fuji then i think i was shooting with my my dslr it was a great couple day experience and if anything it got me jazzed again just to post-process my pictures and look at the stuff that I did and say, like, I like, I like to do that again. So that was a, that was a great way to get, um, pumped up again. Yeah. And it was right. Basically, practically in our neighborhood. I mean, we did not have to go far. It's in Brooklyn. And, uh, again, it's just another basic idea of just go someplace new, go someplace unusual, keep your eyes and ears open for somebody says, Oh yeah, I went to, um, you know, such and such a, a zoo or a park and you never know there, there could be things right in your own backyard that could really lend themselves up to some great images. And it's just a matter of paying attention and getting yourself there. Yeah. And I, I could also suggest that instead of trying to find somebody else to join, in other words, you know, someone else might've start started a group and you can join them. I think there's some power in starting it yourself. So, you know, putting some energy into perhaps starting a meetup group or, you know, something on Facebook so that, you know, it's kind of self-serving. You want to get the passion back. And so maybe not ride on someone else's coattails, but start them yourself. Yeah. It's easy to start a meetup group. Yeah. You know, and even if you get one or two people to join you, you know, again, that idea with a group of people, you're sort of, that's stronger, but you know, you'll do things that you may not do by yourself. Um, there are probably other people who say, I wanted to go photograph the skyline at night in Williamsburg, but I didn't want to go by myself because it's scary there. I mean, it's not really scary, but, you know, it's nice to be someplace with a bunch of people where they can take care of, you know, everybody can sort of watch out for each other. So you might find like-minded people to do that. So you say, you know, I want to go to Williamsburg to shoot at night and you post it up on a group and you might find like a half a dozen people who want to join you. And who knows what will come from that? 
but at least it's something to get you kickstarted into doing, you know, motion moving forward. Uh huh. Yeah. I really can't stand when someone says, well, just do it. It sometimes takes a lot of, you know, sometimes you need help, uh, Mm -hmm. having some sort of outside deadline or outside obligation. So if you're, you're creating a, you know, meetup group because you want to go down to this, you know, shoot the skyline at night. Setting that all up is a great way to motivate you to get to do something. Yeah, true. And you can also, you know, easily begin by checking out a place on your own. You know, like we we love Red Hook, do the photo walk. Um, I'm well. I'm sorry, I said Red Hook because I was here yesterday, and I do love Red Hook, and I saw some cool street art there. Um, but Williamsburg too, which is more accessible by the subway, so. Sometimes just getting getting out, get out of the house, find some, a cool place, walk around, be inspired by what you see, take some images. And then if you find a really cool place, you could use a couple images from what you get to then go back with a group and do a meetup. And I, I really think the whole creative process sort of feeds on itself and can draw more people in. And uh, yeah, I guess it begins with just getting out there and finding something that interests you. What else do you find that sparks the passion? So, okay, besides going out, we're, we're a little bit talking about going out and finding other people to do the things, but sometimes that's not always practical. So what's going to get you to bring your camera someplace and, and actually pick it up and take a picture? Like traveling is another thing to do? Yeah, tra- traveling for me is definitely a, a catalyst. I, I just got back from Seattle and was out on the Olympic Peninsula Speaking of Gene Mealy, he he saw a picture I posted on Facebook and said, "Is that Second Beach?" Which was like such a um, specific. It's exactly where I was, you know. Like he's gone out to that peninsula to shoot because oh. it's such such an amazing place, and he immediately recognized it. I mean, there's there's some interesting sort of big, huge rocks rising up from the ocean, so it's. But it looks like Cannon Beach in Oregon and, and some other places. But it was funny that he just really? immediately recognized that. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, so for me, definitely, I would imagine most people are this way. Uh, when you get someplace, it's, it's part of that whole psychological phenomenon of like arriving someplace, uh, even, if, even if you're traveling someplace that you've been before. Like I've been to New Mexico before, but um, once I'm in New Mexico... I am shooting like crazy because it's so interesting. It's so different than New York. And you sort of, I don't know, your eyes are opened in a strange sort of way when you're traveling. I I think we've, you and I, Antonio, either on the podcast or just personally have talked about how great it would be to be able to see in that way, even when you're walking your own neighborhood streets, as as if you're in a foreign place the first time. Yeah. You know, I've had that experience Strangely enough, when there's been certain types of light hitting the neighborhood, it's very hard to describe. Yeah, like after a rainstorm, yeah. there's been a silver light or something like that. And I'm looking around and I find myself sort of transported to like seeing the place for the first time. I'm in no control of this, of course. I, mean, I can't say, you know, I want the light to be a certain way so I can look at it new. But I always think keeping it, keeping an eye out for that. You know, we talked about a few a few episodes ago. You know, going out in the rain where you may not go out in the rain generally, and you might experience uh-huh. uh, things looking differently or smelling differently, and how that can affect you taking pictures because you want to record what you're seeing in a new way. So, I mean, it's really I would love to see New York for the first time. 
And it's such a hard thing to do. I was born and raised in New York and to try to see New York City as a first timer, I mean, it's, it, it's a challenge to do that. But there are still those experiences, you know, I don't go out in New York at night all the time. And so when I go out to Times Square and not even just Times Square, like other neighborhoods that are, have a lot of activity going on at night, it's really interesting to like when we went out to, we went out on that meetup, we went to uh, Washington Square. Remember? Yeah. At night. Yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. you know, I had never gone to Washington. I lived in New York all my life. I've never gone to Washington Square at night, you know? And again, I might not have done that by myself, but we went with a group of people, but I was so satisfied with the work that I got from there. Yeah. And it was really fun and different and iconic because the arch is there. Yeah. It'd it'd be similar to going to the Empire State Building or just something that might seem really obvious, but that you've just, for whatever reason, never done. And early in the morning too, for me, that, that's all, you know, we talk about the magic hour um, early in the day and late in the day. And I, I love that early morning, no matter how early, as soon as that light is starting to appear, especially in the city, because things can be so strangely quiet and kind mm-hmm. of mysterious and deserted. And, and then, yeah, when you have different kinds of light going on and, um, and so that's, unless that's part of somebody's normal commute, that would be an instance of, okay, I'm going to put myself in this situation that is going to stack the deck in my favor creatively so that I'm, I'm, I'm likely to get something interesting because, because of all those reasons, the, the city at that early, really early yeah. hour, almost anywhere, really, whether you're in New York City or somewhere else. Let me, let me switch gears for a second and just talk about what gets you into a slump. What, how do you, what would you call a slump what's the telltale science would you say at least for you you know talking about your experience uh yeah well i mean that's a curveball i know that's a curveball a a little bit but i you know not at all i I want people to recognize that well i mean when you're shooting a lot you're used to just bursts of hundreds of images that you're processing and there's sort of a flow to that workflow which we've discussed previously but an important part of that is those the burst of shooting. And if all of a sudden several days, maybe a week goes by and there haven't been any bursts, you know, then it's sort of like, huh, you know, it's, it, it, uh, well, well, have the, you the noticed whole work, that, workflow is slowing down. Have you noticed that for yourself though? I mean, like what, what would trigger that? That's, that's kind of what I'm trying to get yeah. at. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to grind well, you a little bit because, we can all get into slums, but what is the recognizable thing? It's like you may still go out and take pictures. You could still be in a slump because you realize the stuff that you're getting back is not satisfying. So what could trigger that? And without getting like into personal stuff, but like is there yeah, yeah. something well, that me, can it's, trigger it's that? It's more a matter of like I'm either shooting or I'm not. And if I if I am, then I'm I'm bound to get something I'm I'm happy with, but it's more the kind of lethargy and the getting preoccupied and not thinking and seeing creatively and, and just sort of being becoming a little bit alienated from my creative process so that I'm, I'm just distracted. I mean, for me, that's tends to be what, what happens. As you were saying, your whole journey to the kind of street photography that you're doing now involved 
a confluence of a whole bunch of different factors that led you to this place where suddenly the world is your oyster and and you're you're shooting away. And then of course within within that experience you have your ups and downs in terms of like good days and bad days or or you get distracted and and you're not shooting as much. But so I think there's there's so many factors. But yeah, for me when when I when I just stop sometimes we talk about uh I think you and I have used this phrase of being the camera and mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, seeing the world as if you're seeing it through the lens. And yeah. it's it's really just such a a, a small mental step, like either one of us could be walking down the street and, and all of a sudden say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this scene as if I'm looking through the camera lens. And, and all of a sudden you can imagine what kind of images you would get and it, it might interest you and it might not, but, but you can do it. But sometimes I just forget to do it and I'm, I'm preoccupied with other stuff. And, and, but after a while, usually I'll, I'll realize, all right, I, I just have to, see the world as if I'm looking through the camera and pick up my camera and get out there and, and shoot something. Do you, do you recognize when you're in a slump or does it take some time? I usually sense it that I'm not shooting and need to, or, or sometimes it'll just be a, a thing where I'll just realize, yeah, it's been a couple of days since I've really seen something that has ignited my passion. And so I might need to go out and uh, intentionally find something, you know, and that might be getting up early, going to an interesting part of the city, hmm. you know, any number of things. But, uh, but yeah, I, I usually become aware of it. I, I recognize the slump while I'm shooting. There's that other slump, like you're talking about the ups and downs. I'm, uh-huh. I'm shooting, the world is my oyster, I'm taking all these pictures, and I'll go out every day, and, you know, I... I sort of made this pact with myself to try to at least get one shot a day. Uh, uh-huh. Mainly because I like looking at my Lightroom library and seeing all the dates <laughs> and there's uh-huh. nothing, there's no break in it. Right. But I'll get back and I'll look at the work and I'm realizing like I'm not into what I'm doing. And, but I'm realizing it's sort of after the fact, you know, and uh-huh. again, it's an up and down thing. Like you said, you know, we can have days that we're distracted and days we're not, but um, I usually recognize it after the fact. You know, it's not, I'm not necessarily aware of it while I'm, while I'm doing it. Um, so I look at the work and it's like, it's not quite hitting the mark. What's, what's going on. Um, so it's just something to be aware of. It can happen. You can be aware of it before and you can be aware of it while it's going on. It's like, you could still be shooting and be in a slump. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just a more kind of subtle self-reflection that you're talking about. For me, one piece of this that I've been mindful of lately is that if shooting is always a secondary thing, like if you're in a particular area because you have to be there for something else and you just happen to have your camera, I mean, obviously for street shooting, that's how we get tons of great shots. So there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't know. I've just, I've been in a bunch of situations recently where I've, I've just had my camera with me, but I was someplace to do something else. And I think there's great value in just saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to this location and I'm going there to shoot. And, and then you're so, you're so much more focused. I just think you're, you're, again, you're stacking the deck in your favor in terms of creatively positioning yourself to maybe get some better images than if you're on the fly and you see something, oh, let me take a quick shot of this and then, have to get to where I'm going. Mm. 
Yeah. It's really interesting because there's so many factors that come into what puts you in the slump. And then there's so many factors that can get you out of it. And uh, there's almost no one answer. And right, right. sometimes you just need to go through the down period so that the up period is so much more exciting. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's the nature of life. Ultimately. I mean, we, you know, we're not getting that once in a lifetime shot every day, but I think in, in a previous podcast, we talked about the joy of photography. And so I think basically what we're talking about is just ways that you can enhance the chance that you're going to have that kind of day where it's like all of a sudden you're just, you're back in the saddle, you're shooting, you're loving what you're getting. And you're like, Oh my God, I love photography. This is awesome. Yeah. I was on, uh, not another Mac podcast with, uh, Mark Greentree uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he was talking, he was a photographer in the past and he's in, he's in Australia by the way. And he, I was surprised to hear that he, that's what he did for a living. He was a photographer and then he put the camera down and turned to something else and, and has totally lost his passion for photography and is just taking pictures now of like family and events, just like, you know, the vast majority of people are doing with their cameras today. And I told him that I'm not a, that's not really a big fan of like saying equipment is going to make the difference, but sometimes, sometimes it can. And yeah. tried to talk to him about, take a look at this kind of camera. Again, I'm a big Fuji guy. I'm not getting paid by them yet, <laughs> but you know, it's what I've got. <laughs> and I said, it just, it, it had something to do with, you know, getting in touch with something that was old looking and basically saying, look, you know, try to give up on post-processing and try to stop making it seem like a job. And just go with, I mean, that's the fun with an iPhone, right? Is that you're kind of not, you're just taking a picture and you can add some filters to it, but you're kind of done with the shot when you've taken it. And, you know, any idea that you're going to come back and spend an hour on a computer, just like, oh, gee, I really don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to take the picture because I'm going to have to do all that stuff. So, you know, simplifying one's life. I told them, like, you know, think about one of these little, you know, mirrorless cameras that you can get. You don't have to really think too much and you can just take a shot and see if that, you know, maybe that will reignite some some passion in it and so yeah yeah no it's, it's a great suggestion you know you're driving yeah. a buick for your entire life and suddenly got a chance that maybe i can get a little you know maybe i can get a camaro and maybe they'll make driving a little more interesting i still have to go to work every day on the same road but maybe that drive will just be a little more interesting for me and yeah absolutely or a motorcycle for that matter well yeah <laughs> <laughs> talk about talk about re-energizing passion my gosh <laughs> a motorcycle will definitely do it yeah yeah now it's a great example yeah because you're still doing what you normally do but yeah the, sometimes the it's not all about the camera but it's a little bit about the camera it's a little bit of, i mean we have cameras we're not you know, chiseling in stone like the cave people did. <laughs> right, right. You've got not these. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with chiseling in stone. No, we agree. <laughs> the Polar Rock camera, right? You ever see that in the Flintstones? The, the Polar Rock camera. It was this. It was a Polar Rock camera. They opened up the back. You know, like they took a picture, right? And, and the the picture would come out the front, and then they opened up the back, and inside was a little squirrel with a with an artist hat on, and he had a chisel, and he was <laughs> he would he would put his thumb up to the lens, you know, like a like an artist would, and then he would take chisel the picture. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't have polar rock cameras, so yeah. the the gear has some thing to do with it. And again, this is you know we're such a consumer oriented culture. I, I hate to say go out and spend money to make yourself happy. That's not at all what we're advocating. 
Yeah. Plus, the cameras you're talking about are not necessarily the high-end digital cameras. They're actually more affordable. Not at all. But, you know, we talked about doing the opposite a couple episodes ago. You know, here's here's one more for that. You know, if you're going out and shooting with a DSLR all the time, just put that down and go out with your iPhone and shoot. Uh And vice versa. You know, there's that idea that, you know, you do one thing for a long time you know, switch it up and try something else and see if that gets the passion fired up. It's always a, a chance. And, and and before, sorry, you were also talking about taking classes. One of the things that I wanted to say, which I forgot to, is like, if you're going to take a class, why don't you take a class in something that you've never done before? So why not take a class in fashion photography? You know, uh-huh. if you've done yeah. landscapes and stuff like that, um, see how the other half lives. Uh, the other the other people in photography world do do that bit of I mean if anything you can take what you learn from a fashion class and maybe you can apply it to landscape you don't know that's kind of stuff can really send you into a into a frenzy of doing new work sure how could it not lead to some kind of new creative pathways to right something radically different like that yeah. take a class in geology you know I, I took a class in geology once and it opened up my eyes to so many things that I didn't understand of the, of the world. And, you know, applying that to photography would be such a great thing to do. So yeah, you look at the rocks in central park a lot different. <laughs> you do. They all of a yeah. sudden they speak a language. It's, it was, I was amazed by that. I was amazed by the language that the earth was speaking once, once I, and I didn't have to, I didn't take like a deep class. It was like an intro to geology. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. to use that, to create a photography project, you know, so that you're suddenly taking pictures of geodes and strata and stuff like that. And you're creating a new body of work that you may not have gone off in, in the direction. So the idea of like re- reuniting passion, like don't just think linearly, you know, uh-huh. don't yeah. think that you yeah. need to buy a new camera, but don't think that you have to necessarily go in the photographer's direction, go in a, learn how to make sushi, go to a, take a sushi class, see what happens. And all of a sudden you're taking food shots. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I went to Ireland a while back. and, and That's and expensive. That, that fired me up. It, it was kind of expensive. So what fired you up about Ireland? Oh, it was just so beautiful. And people were super cool. And it's, I think, basically going anywhere in Europe, you get that feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in Kansas anymore. It's someplace old. Just, uh, yeah. Someplace old, yeah. Older, yeah. Yeah. And there was this, maybe we'll put this picture up, but I at one point I was in a little cafe and I saw this. Really interesting looking dude. Speaking of dudes, with that, I think he. I'm just going by memory now, but I, I know he was playing a flute. And I think he had a hat, and he just was kind of in a sort of just seemed like a very eccentric character. The point that I just said to the people I was with, hey, I, I got to go out and take this guy's picture. You know, so I so <laughs> I did, and it was one of the more memorable images for me, just because it was kind of random. But um, yeah, it's just. The confluence of the different things, being in a cool place and seeing somebody interesting and seizing the moment. Yeah. So we're getting close to needing to wrap up, I think. All right. I want to ask you one last question, and I'll try to answer it myself, but I'm going to ask you first. Okay. Are you in a slump now, or are you passionate now? Where are you at the moment? I was feeling a little slumpy, um, <laughs> and then I, I was in Red Hook yesterday. It was an amazing sunset and I saw some really cool street art. So following my own advice, I put myself in an interesting place and felt a, a revival of the magic. How about you? I'm sort of at that, I don't know, that in-between place 
of between the slump and the crest, but I think I'm uh-huh. on, the, on the way up. And uh-huh. recently, you know, I'm still doing my street shots. And I've recently, in the past month, I've had a bunch of people inquire about my pictures. I've made a couple of print sales. And, and this is without any work on my own, other than just taking the pictures and, and posting them up uh, consistently. But to have some sort of feedback, and in this case it's financial feedback, which has some meaning for me as well. But like, oh, you know what? I like doing this. I like doing what I'm doing. So, Yeah, it's an affirmation. An affirmation, yeah. And I'm on the upturn. Like I'm starting to be a little bit more selective of who I'm shooting on the street um, uh-huh, so that I'm, uh-huh. I'm not repeating myself. And I think that kind of led into a slump a little bit, the uh, certain repetition. So being a little bit more uh, challenging to myself to say, okay, well, you know, I've taken that picture before. So where can I just hold off and find something new? So I think the act of looking for something new is, you know, it's like the hunt. We all yeah. like, we sort of all have that in our background, in our DNA, the hunt. Totally. This is the good, this is the good hunt. Yeah. The hunting for a picture. So hunting I think for that, beauty. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that challenge I'm giving myself is, is sort of getting the passion back up again. And uh, today I'm going to head over to Greenwood Cemetery, which is not too far away, and, and, and see what happens. I go there a lot. I'm actually testing out some, some equipment too. So, but I figured I don't want to go there and just waste my time. So I'm going to see what I can do differently while I'm there. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of inspired to go out. So yeah, we all, we all have, have both the ups and downs. Yeah. Let's get people to encourage, to share their experiences, uh, of that with us somehow. Yeah. Well, people can email us and yeah, if we hear some good ideas of uh, other, what works has worked for other folks, we can pass the word along. Yeah. I would love to do that. That'd be great. So, all right. I think we've gotten to chat everybody's ear off long enough. And uh, I think we both want to go out and take pictures. So yeah, wrap it up. So yeah, everybody, this is a, uh, we're on our way to 50 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for, thanks for listening to us. And, uh, Oh, I also want to put out a shout out. I was just on before, uh, we got together today with, uh, P- uh Peter bird on his deeper look podcast. And he does interviews with, uh, he seems like he's a really nice cross base of people to talk to. So it was really a pleasure to be on his show. So I want to plug him. Uh, sometimes he fills in for Mark Greentree on the Not Another Mac podcast. And so we've gotten to be close together uh, through that. But I was honored to be on his show today. So, cool. Yeah, maybe we can put a link up. Anyway, everybody, so you can find us. Where can you find us? Oh, uh, switchtomanual.com is our main site. And we are on Facebook and Google Plus, which you can just do a search for Switch to Manual. We're also on Twitter at Switch the number two manual. So Switch to Manual. What else? What am I leaving out? Um, oh, right. If you get us on iTunes, we would love you guys. Please give us some feedback and some reviews there. We're a little short on that, but we would love to get some some stuff going there as well. And uh, am I leaving anything out? Uh, oh, I don't think so. We yeah, had please char. Yeah, char send us jump change. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. It's starting if to get everyone a little... who had ever listened had given us a dollar, we'd have almost ten thousand dollars, <laughs> <laughs> and then we would be in caviar. No, we just yeah, we're we'd like to start to be able to 
pay off some of the hosting bills and stuff like that. So we're, right now we're doing that on our own. So if you if you guys are up for it and uh, you think we're doing good and you throw us a buck or two, we would we wouldn't complain. We'd love you guys for that. Uh, we're mainly doing this right now, you know, from ourselves. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway. And I would just say, if anybody has any connections with Fuji, I think they should be paying Tony because he's always singing their praises. <laughs> um, <laughs> we got we got to hook you up, man. Yeah. Well, I give the credit where it's deserved. I'm yeah. I'm very yeah. happy with the stuff they're doing. So anyway, and if you guys have any suggestions or, or questions, you can email us at uh, info at switchtomanual.com or you can uh, send us a tweet or on our Facebook page. So I think that's it for now. Yeah. Yep. All right. So uh, take care, everybody, and have a great day. See you later. Adios.